One of the challenges that any business owner or leader is likely going to face are objections. And one of the most challenging things sometimes is to figure out how to handle when people have objections to the product or service you have or something that you're asking them to do. We're going to have that conversation this week about how to handle objections or at least have a conversation around handling objections. Today, we're going to dive into one of my favorites. I just don't have enough time to do all of that. Or I really see the value of your product or service. I just don't have time to learn it or understand it or to actually do it. So we're going to have a conversation around that on episode 815 of today's antidote. Stay tuned for today's antidote brought to you by the Renegade Success Network. Today's antidote features a healthy dose of thought-provoking insights and information for business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, and nonprofit professionals. Each day since March of 2020, this program has offered that one thing to help you continue on your own unique pathway to success. And now, Renegades, we bring you Bob Graham and Tom Brush. Hey, Tom. Morning, Bob. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I got the lighting pretty good. I got my stand-up desk so I can do 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 and really work it. Nice. Yeah. I, you know, hey, it's the little things that make. Did a big you get thing. your office area organized? Uh, no, it's not organized. That, <laughs> not even on a bed. I got the desk up and I I got some other things done. Uh, I got everything out of the bunker. I, I neglected that step. That was the first step. As And this is one of the things, you know, we talk about taking the next step. I forgot a step. And I realized in the process of doing the, getting the office straightened out, it's like, oh, I still have some stuff at the bunker I need to remove. So I recalibrated and actually went back and said, first thing first, get the stuff out of the bunker. So the bunker is empty. So now there's more stuff in the office? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> thereby creating a bigger next step. Was that just an avoidance of this step? No, not at all. No. And okay. a lot of the stuff that was left in the bunker had to go to various locations. In okay. fact, I have in the back of my vehicle about 20 golf clubs that need to find a home. You just had 20 extra golf clubs lying around. Yes. Uh, over over the years, I have acquired golf clubs for very, various ways, various reasons, um, because I would I never really bought a set. So mm -hmm. someone would give me a club they were discarding or I'd buy a club used or, you know, various ways. So over the years, I, I acquired a lot of golf clubs. And prior to the bunker, I was living in a location where I could put them up in a rafter. Mm -hmm. So I would replace a three iron with a new three iron and put the old club up in the rafters. So there was a time when all the clubs that were up in the rafters came down and were bestowed upon me. And so they are now in the back of my vehicle. So there's a really nice driver. There's a three, there's a three wood, I think a five wood, a putter. Some you can iron. do a little uh, eBay or Amazon selling. That sounds like work. I've never done that. Yeah, I've sold some things a couple of times. There's also you're, a place you're welcome to them. Uh, I'll give them to you, and you can you can take the money and run. 
Maybe. Well, I'll have to think about that. Okay. All right. All right. And all the extra time that I have. I was going to say, if that if that's how you want to invest your time, that's fine. Although that so sounds that, like an objection, a time objection. So oh, maybe, I'll, very nice. I'll, maybe at the end of the show, I'll have a better understanding of whether or not that might make sense. Taking okay. Those, okay. Those, but I think the interesting thing to me was this whole idea of taking the next step. And we had talked about my next step. And I had never thought until I went through that process that sometimes the next step isn't actually the next step. That there's a step that comes before that step. And that I could have kept going with the, the step that I had decided. But then it's like, no, that's probably not the next step. And I think that's a lesson for me that I have never really thought about because we talk to people about taking the next step. What's your next step going to be? And sometimes as you get new information, you start to realize, hey, you know what? This step is actually more important. Like to me, getting the stand-up desk and the lighting right actually is more important than getting all the junk out of the office because I sat way too much last week and my legs were actually swollen by Friday, believe it or not. So the stand-up desk had some real value. So I, I think that's we have to you and I have to think through this more in terms of how we work with people, I think. Because there's a well, what if this isn't the actual next step? Right? Oh yes. I've thought about that. Have, Maybe that's a okay. week long episode, week on program. Well, I'm sorry, a whole week of that? Maybe. I like that idea. Okay. So not this week. This week we have something else. And not this week. How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was went well. It was busy. Okay. A lot of lacrosse. And Looks like you got some sun somewhere along the way. Yes, it was very nice out Saturday and yesterday. And I was out all day yesterday. No thunderstorm little... Saturday like they were predicting, right? Well, interestingly enough, our the game I was at that I was officiating at, college game, had the horn for the game went off. So the game was had just literally ended. And... Not five seconds later, somebody's out there with an air horn just blasting it three or four or five times. And as we're like, walk, I mean, literally didn't even have time to walk off the field yet. We're like, well, what is that all about? And one of my partners even said, because the person blowing the horn had the color of the uniform of the visiting team. Okay. <laughs> and my partner was like, well, who let that person grab the horn and, and just start celebrating with the, with the air horn that was at the table? And as we came to find out, it was the lightning warning, lightning warning, storm yep. warning. And I think we we kind of, as we were talking in the locker room afterwards, feel like they probably got that a minute or two before. <laughs> and they're like, we are not stopping this game with a minute left. Right. <laughs> uh, and it was a one goal game at the time um, to sit around for 30 minutes and then come back and try to. It would have been different. A minimum was, of 30 minutes. A minimum of 30 minutes. Correct. Yeah, yeah. might have been different if you know and if we had to go to overtime okay, right there's a natural stopping point and then we would come back yes. and resume uh so it was it was just interesting that it just was a very weird like oh wait what didn't what is going wrong what is something that we didn't do correctly what's some challenge well, if you something? think about 30 minutes it's kind of arbitrary right I mean, I, I don't think there's like some incredible rule that came down from on high that says it's going to be exactly 30 minutes, just like 30 minutes before after you eat, before you go in the pool. I, I, I don't think science has proven that 30 minutes is the magic number, not 28, not 32 or not 67. 
Uh, I'm going to disagree with you there. I okay. think that I think that people have figured out that in that because it's the 30 minutes of every time you hear a lightning crack. And so I think the thought is is that in 30 minutes the storm will have passed or not and that you would be safe because i think that's the way they kind of you know sometimes those lightning um i don't know what they're called but they're like a weather indicator knows like how far this storm is away and how far it'll travel in that amount of time and i think the 30 minutes is a safe i'm sure some insurance uh person has gone through the whole process to figure out yeah, what is the liability <laughs> and how fast are storms moving. And if we give it 30 minutes, there's a, uh, there's a much more likely chance that there won't be another lightning strike that could then cause an insurance issue. Okay. I'll buy, I, I'll, I'll, I think I'll that's different than that your, your mom or dad saying, Oh, you've got to wait 30 minutes to get back in the pool. I mean, I'm sure there's some science to that. Actually, I think it was an hour. And, and that because I'm sure everybody, everyone's body digests food differently. So when I was a lifeguard and we took a lunch, I don't remember them ever after taking a lunch saying, hey, by the way, don't go in the water for a half hour. Except you were the lifeguard. <laughs> how many times did you jump in the water as a lifeguard? Three. Over the and course how long of were you a lifeguard? two summers. Two summers. So how many days was that like? 300 days? Maybe no, I did only for summer, so probably 200 days. Three out of 200. I think they were fairly safe that they were like, okay, when your lunch break is over. If you had to dive in, you would be okay. Okay. And you were probably in a little better shape than most of the people who were in the pool, likelihood. So you probably... In most cases, uh, on the weekends, I was sober, which differentiated me from most of the people that were in the pool. There again lies a, <laughs> another challenge. All right. We should probably move on from that. All right. Yes. Let's talk about handling objections. I like it. But well, first, we, we got to have a celebration. We do have to have a celebration. Now, just briefly say welcome, everyone, to today's antidote. Just in case you wonder what you were doing here, why, what we were doing. Uh, this is our daily weekday broadcast where we, and podcast, where we talk around different topics. And each topic, we then dive each day a little deeper into that topic during the week. And this week's topic, as I mentioned, is handling objections. Today, we're going to talk about the objection of time. And uh, as we go through that conversation, obviously, if you have thoughts or ideas, please feel free to share it. At the end of the conversation, Bob and I will each offer our one thing, our today's antidote, the name of the show, that we hope will help you figure out how to take your next step. Uh, And of course, if you have a today's antidote, we would love for you to share it as well. Quick introduction now, let's dive into as we do every day before we kick off our conversation, we share our celebrations. So I have a feeling I understand what yours might be, although I'm interested to see. What is your celebration, Bob? My celebration is that I got to have a family dinner with a family I'm getting to know last night. And I haven't had a real family dinner in a long time. And it was just fun to be around a table and have people laughing and joking and Picking on me because apparently, Tom, I say the word chocolate. Chocolate is how they said I say it. And so they were picking on me about chocolate is how they say I say it. And I don't think that's true. Maybe you've heard me say that. But 
uh, it was it was nice to be around a family that was um, loose enough that they could give me some uh, some casual um, harassment. I enjoy that, and it, it was it was just fun. And it was meatloaf, which is one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. No kidding. I love meatloaf. I'm not yeah. sure I knew that. That's one of my wife Liz's favorite thing. Favorite. Oh, so good. So good. And I got some to bring home. So I've got meatloaf for lunch today. I'm living the dream, Tom. Glad to hear that. <laughs> hey. That's a good long you, celebration. You've, you've been through the last couple of years. <laughs> You've seen it up close and personal. Well, you know, everybody's dream is different. The way to a man's heart is through food, right? Haven't you heard that? Maybe. I have heard that. No, maybe that's true for some. Oh, meatloaf is so good. Oh, I find it so dense. It's just a little too much. It is dense. And the funny thing is, it's not real hard to make. Like, I've made it. Meatloaf is really like one of the easiest things to make. Not as easy as chicken piccata, which I I perfected in its ease, but looks you perfected it. I perfected chicken piccata. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so you can reach perfection. <laughs> yes, with chicken piccata, I can. <laughs> what are you celebrating loose. this morning? We're never going to get to objections. We're <laughs> objecting to objections. Maybe that's maybe that says something. Uh <laughs> I am celebrating that yesterday. Uh, so as people know, or they might not, may, many people might know, is that I officiate girls and women's lacrosse. The other thing that I do is assign for small events or sometimes large events. That this lacrosse events. Lacrosse events, yes. Tournaments, as it Correct. Were. And so yesterday they had a play day. So I was out from 10 to 5 doing that. And to me, Some that's Some of us like, don't know what a play day is. Play day was when we were like... Uh, five years old and Ethan came over and we played together. So this is like an organized club youth lacrosse play day. So all the kids come together and they just put them in teams and they play lacrosse. No, there are club teams, middle, usually middle schoolers, or at least that's what okay. this was. This day. These are, is this like traveling teams in basketball? Like the, the better players or the players whose parents articulate for them more? Uh, yes, the, the players whose parents have chosen to put them on a club team that okay. will go around and play other club teams. Okay. Not necessarily designated by the community you live in or something like that. So um, so we, it, that was going on yesterday. It was a small event. There were three fields. It was going all, most of the day. And to me, that's sort of the signal of summer because when those events start, okay. summer is around the corner. And uh, And yesterday was a day that felt sort of like a summer day at times it was hot and humid yesterday it definitely had the summer feel so that was that's my celebration is that maybe summer's around the corner although i think i sort of feel like i missed spring feels like it went from like high 40s low 50s to uh go outside right now because it's only gonna get up to 57 today oh okay so here's spring so today's spring summer was yesterday today's spring and tomorrow might be winter it's winter in chicago they're getting snow today apparently Snow in Chicago? Yes. Yeah. It's 43. The Orioles were playing baseball there yesterday. It was 43 degrees. Wow. Yeah. Um, I see Ed's got comments for us this morning. He's going to help us with lightning. When you see the lightning for each second that passes 
until you hear the thunder tells you how far away the storm is. I knew that much. And then this little tidbit, which I did not know, all animals are trained through their belly. Uh, it's interesting. I was, I've seen some things on Facebook. I think because we have a new dog in the house for the last five or six months that they talk about not training dogs through their, through food, that that is, that can sometimes, then they will only do it for food. They won't do it at other times when you don't have food with you. So it was an interesting thing to, you know, if you correlate that to the whole meatloaf discussion, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah, we could have just had a conversation around a, the a conversation of stream of consciousness at the moment. <laughs> But let's not do no, I mean that. training someone with food. You could train a person, right? Do X bobbing, you get meatloaf, and that would be a driver. Oh, I guess it could be. Right? Could be. Or if you saw that as a celebration, as a as a way to celebrate. If you didn't really like meatloaf, yeah. not sure that's gonna drive you to do much of anything. Ed adds never in excess. Okay. And um Missy says, Good morning, Missy. Uh Pavlov had a point. I think he probably did enough research to say that, yes, there was a point in there at least at the minimum. All right. So, Bob, let's talk about objections. Whoops. Hit the wrong button. Sorry. Let's talk about handling objections and the objection of time. So you want to kick us off? Yes. Time is the one factor that we have the least control over and we can't get back. Right. You can never get time back. The time we spent, yeah. we're seven, almost 18 minutes into this program. There's no way we can go back and get that time back. That's correct. So I think that's one of the things that we struggle with often as both the person buying and the person selling, the transaction of time. We tend to magnify it when we're the buyer. I don't have time because we're worried about what this is going to entail because we don't know, frankly. It's something new. And oh, I'm, I'm scared this might take a lot of time. I know when I first started taking um, guitar lessons a couple months ago, I was really worried about committing to a weekly lesson, a half hour lesson every Monday at a set time. It's like, I got practice every day. I got to do this, do that. And when I was talking to the person about the lessons, I, I was like, I don't know if I have enough time. And he said, we'll do it for a couple of weeks and see if it doesn't work, you can stop. And that was how he got over that objection with me. And I hear it with other people. It's like, well, this isn't really the right time. I'm working on my taxes. This isn't the really re the right time because it's almost summer. This isn't the really really the right time because uh, my daughter's going to graduate from high school in a couple weeks, and we're going to be trying to get her away to college. This isn't the right time because uh, I've got key employees going on vacation. I've heard all of those, and I think it tends to be. It's not what it really is. It's the easy objection. It, it, and when you start to press a person on it, it's fascinating because be like, oh, really? So if, um, if I were willing to offer you this coaching service for free for the next three months, would you have time? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so help me understand this. Where, where, did you, <laughs> where did you suddenly find the time you didn't have a minute ago? Well, and and have you ever had that experience? Because I uh, have. Yes. I, I think the other thing about it is, uh, I was just thinking about it in a different way. Actually, sure. in two different ways. One that I'll start with and the one that I'll share a little later. One is that 
it seems like an objection that there is that there's no reply to. Right? Is like if I say to you, I don't have time. Right. Hey Tom, let's get together for dinner tonight. Bob, I don't have time. It's not like I can go, well, Tom, invent an hour. Correct. It's so it becomes this like almost like a well, this is an easy, let me just say this because I don't really want to tell them the real reason. And it will seem like there is no nothing they can say around that. They'll be like, okay, well, if he doesn't have time, he doesn't have time. And and I think so it becomes a very becomes one of the easy objections to throw out there. And I would offer actually that if you are the the person who is um, offering the service or the product at that time, that 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 when you hear that, that is an opportunity for you to really say, hmm, there's something else going on here that that they are just casually throwing this out there, thinking that that's going to be enough to get rid of me. And it's an opportunity, I think, for the person doing the offering to really deep dive deeper if they choose. Now, here's the other thing about this. As you were talking about it, I hadn't even considered this, but you were talking about it as whether you were the buyer or the seller. I think there are sellers out there whose objection to learning more about their potential clients is they don't have, they say they don't have time to handle objections. Could be a bigger, broader theme over the whole week is well, if somebody says no, I'm just moving on to the next. Because I don't have time to dive in and learn all of this about them. I've just got to get to the next prospect and just keep going to prospects and going to prospects and going to prospects rather than saying, hmm, let me learn, let me take some time and dive in a little bit deeper with this person as to why they are objecting to the opportunity. Because they clearly showed up for some reason. And yet now they're objecting to the opportunity. And I think that that is, is another side of this I had never really considered um, until as you were talking about it, it sort of brought that up. And I think that it's that either way, that's the easy way out for both. And if you're willing to actually want to do more, that is a great opportunity to truly learn more about your your prospect or about your processes. Well, and your your average person who buys from you has to interact with you at least eight times. And some people it's 12 or 20 times. So if you meet someone at a networking event, talk about what you do and never talk to them again, your odds of selling to them are pretty slim. And if you think of it as a buyer, how many times do you meet someone get to know them a little bit. And we know from research that you have to know, like, and trust the person you buy from. That's awfully hard to establish in 30 seconds with a cold call or 30 seconds in a loud networking event or a chance encounter at the grocery store. It, you, it takes time. I see Michael's with us this morning. Michael brings us, I've dealt with this recently of, I don't have time. It's like a chef saying, I don't have taste buds, missing out on all flavors and possibilities that life has to offer. I love that. That's a great, that that's beautiful. Um, and then he also says, it's usually caused by pressure. So you have to open in being understanding everyone has competing priorities. Interesting word there. The What's end. that? Priorities. 
because you say you don't have time, that to me means it's, you don't have priorities. I was working with a client who really wanted to do some wanted to do strategic planning. And they said they didn't have time to do that. They had too many other things to do. And I shared with them, well, that says to me that strategic planning isn't that important to you. And they kind of were like, wait, what? I just said it was important to me. I said, well, if it was important to you, you would prioritize it over other things and not just do these other things. So clearly it's not the priority you think it is. Well, well, and it's funny now working with them, how they have found time because they're starting to see the value of strategic planning um, to actually make that work. And I said to them the other day, I was like, huh, isn't it fascinating how we're almost through a strategic plan for you in a lot shorter time than you thought it was going to take and you actually had the time to do it. And they shook their head at me. Well, I've been going through this. And smirked and all I've been going through this in the last couple of weeks with my own having moved. The time it takes for me to find the box that has the things in it that I need at a specific moment takes longer than just 15 minutes to empty the box and put stuff in drawers. And so it, it became one of these, okay, I can invest evenings to get the boxes emptied out and put things where I want to put them, or I can keep going, oh, which box is that in? And there was a day where I must have moved the same boxes eight times just to find the things I needed. And we, we all do that. The boxes stand in for all the things we do. And often it's the easy things because when we're contemplating the things that we're objecting to, they're more difficult. They're outside our frame of knowledge or reference, especially if you're working with someone else. You know, if, if I come to you and say, Tom, I need help with doing emails. Or you say to me, Bob, boy, you're spending a lot of time on emails. I, can I help you with that? Tom, uh, that, that sounds great. I don't have time. It's not because I don't have time. It's because I'm afraid that you're going to send me to a place I don't want to go into, which is awesome. I'm not really good at it. I'm going to have to learn. I'm going to feel uncomfortable. I might get it wrong. And I see that in my own life all the time. It's just like I can see the and and I think the big thing that I've really realized is the people who find success tend to be the ones who are willing to be uncomfortable. And uncomfortable means sometimes saying, you know what, I really don't have time for this, but it's a priority and it needs to happen. And I always like it too. I'm sure we've all had something like this where you get that call, you have a busy week, you say I've got a busy week, and then suddenly you get a call and you have an emergency. Someone's hurt, your car doesn't work, and suddenly you have time to deal with this thing that if I had said to you Monday morning right now, hey, Thursday, you're going to be completely sidetracked because something's going to happen. Your car's going to break down. Oh, no, I can't deal with that. You could go get the oil changed today. Take an hour. I can't fit it in. Or you can wait till Thursday and it's going to be a four-hour ordeal. Which do you choose? Most people would say, well, you know, I'll take my chances. It's not going to happen. I'm more and more trying to think about that. What are the alternatives? Which is the lesser of the two evils? Because what I find is when you get that thing that chews up your time, it really eats into your time. And so much of it's preventable, like getting your oil change, like well, checking your tire pressure. Or taking a day to 
clean all your boxes out. And so it's done rather than taking the, then the time you spend shifting them around, searching, moving the same boxes over and over again, and thinking that at some point you're going to get to this. Yeah, I should show you the background. You would laugh. <laughs> well, I think, you know, you talked about it earlier. You chose to do something different, so you prioritized that. You could have prioritized organizing your office out of, rather than getting stuff out of the bunker. That could have been a choice. And I think those are one of the things that... And you know, I could have prioritized my weekend that way. You, and absolutely. not gone to a nice dinner last night, not done various other things that I chose to do. And I, I think... Until we thought about it right now, I don't remember making that choice. I know that's it. And what I mean by that is I didn't consciously say on Friday, okay, here's the options I have for the weekend. I can deal with all the boxes all weekend and Monday morning, hit the ground running. Everything's perfect. Or I can do these other things. The other things just kind of came along. Now, I will say Saturday I was going to deal with boxes and something came up that was admittedly more appealing to me. And I and even the person I was going to be doing the thing with was like, look, if you want to deal with boxes today, I get it. I'm like, nah, that, they'll be here. Yes, they, they are will. here. <laughs> yes, they will. And that's the time objection because putting away the stuff in the boxes is – it's a lot like a business thing. It's uncomfortable for me because I have to figure out where to put it, what's the right place, how am I going to make this look? And and so there's a lot of the same emotions you have when someone says, I can help you with this thing. You're going into the unknown. Is that your one thing? Um, no, I see Edward's got another, another comment. Um I have some customers that I never met in offering self-service pickup and delivery. They drop off their job at the door and pick up after hours and pay at the at the door pay box. Estimates from a photo text. Time is my most clients don't have the time for small talk. So I know I, I know Ed, Edward does a custom work of some sort. I can't remember exactly what it is, but think about that whole time component there that more and more people want to just drop it off, pick it up. Like there, I, I go to a uh, laundromat where they have a place where you can drop it off and you can pick it up in self-service. And it's like, wow, how convenient that is. What I would argue is you lose something in life without the small talk. Because sometimes the small, uh, there it is, master upholsterer works. I knew, I, I was going to say upholstery. Boy, talk about a lost art. <laughs> <laughs> can't yes. find many of those out there <laughs> yes but but i think it's it's interesting when you think about the fact that we more and more are creating situations where you don't interact with people because we we put such a premium on our time on time and i think one of the things covid really taught us was how valuable people are you know what did you hear over and over and over i heard it from even introverts I miss being around people. I, I know a person who missed hugging people. That that was like, I, I, I used to hug my family and my friends. I couldn't hug people. And that was like the big thing. And that takes time, right? That's, that's not productive time. I see we have some more comments from Michael. Uh, time and priority is like eating vegetables. He is on fire this morning. 
you may not love it, but it's good for you in the long run. We all need to slow down to recognize what be, what might be good for you. Edward says visionary art. And Michael comes back with, uh, and your customer, what might be good for you and your customer. And I think that's one of the things that I, my one thing might be just slow down. That sometimes the time objection, whether you're giving it to someone or you're hearing it, is really about slowing down and really thinking through something. You know, when I took the time to stop and think, get the bunker sorted out or get the room sorted out, there was a psychological component of the bunker is done. It's in the rear view mirror. I don't have to worry about it anymore. It is off the plate. And that was really nagging at me. So much so that I forgot all about it for a couple of days. Now that it's gone, I can turn the keys into the bunker from the bunker and totally no longer have to worry about it at all. So that that became in my time mentally, the time was more valuable. And I don't know that we always do that. And I don't think we help our customers always have that like you did with the strategic plan. Hey, here's the deal. You can plan or you can have it planned for you. Which one in the long run are you going to invest in? You know, it's it's the pay now, pay later thing. Sure. What's your one thing? So I think my one thing is one of the things, and this used to, I got to a point where this used to drive me nuts. And where you, especially if you worked in an organization where people would say, I'm so busy. I'm just, just way too busy. And, and, uh, and it gets me thinking, it's the same thing. It's like, I don't have time. Well, you have time. We all have the same amount of time. It's 24 hours in a day. Everybody has the same. It's the choices that we make and how we are going to leverage that time. And I think that's the piece that people forget about is they're so busy being busy and say, and telling everyone how busy they are that they're making assumption that everyone else is busy, even though we all have the same amount of time. It's just some people have figured out how to leverage their and make choices around their priorities to then leverage their time. And I think that's the, that's one of the key things is that when people start talking to you about time, now you can start having conversations with them about priorities because it's different. If you, it's a choice, if it's not your priority, fair enough. Like if somebody comes to me and says, Hey, you know, Tom, I really, the coaching is interesting. It's just not my priority. Okay. That, uh, you know, I have, a, it's a lot hard. I could ask more questions about, okay, well, what are your priorities? And, you know, you can still get into, well, if those are your priorities and yet your business isn't where you want it to be, maybe you might need to rethink your priorities. I don't know. We could have a conversation around that. And I think there's, there are always the opportunities is that when people come up with objections, and I probably should have saved this for Friday. But, um, yeah, why don't you save it for Friday? All right. But And I, so I think it's one of those things for us to always remember. We all have the same amount of time. It's the priorities that we choose. And those are a choice. Or sometimes they're given to us. You know, if you are working for someone and they say, I realize that you've got a lot going on and you don't have any time for this. I need you to make this a priority. Or like you said, my car breaks down and now I have, I have to make this a priority. And I have to figure out what do I push back as a part of that. And I think the challenge is people don't want to make those choices or they choose the one that seems easier. 
well, I'm not going to get my oil changed today because I got a million other things to do. Well, I'm going to go empty the bunker because I really don't want to figure out where all this stuff is going to go. So I'll do that instead of this. And I have a comment to add that is going to pain me, but I'll do it. Ed says, great point, Tom Brush. Ugh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It is a great point. And, and I, I love they pointed out that it was a great point. He was, Bob was actually looking for great points, Bob and Tom. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. <laughs> I think people are trying to figure you out, Bob. <laughs> well, I am an enigma. I mean, I'm not really transparent about what is important to me here. That's okay. All right. So that I think was a, an interesting conversation around time and how we leverage it or don't. And if you have a one thing you'd like to share, if someone else wants to share an antidote, please feel free to do it. Cause I think, you know, people haven't heard it the way you've had. Oh, man. <laughs> My sister rings in with great point. Bob. <laughs> Matthew just made his day. Now he can move forward and take whatever next step he wants to take. He got those words of affirmation that he's been dying for. Well, that's the only reason I do this program. <laughs> and please feel free to share your thoughts and ideas because it's interesting. You know, I'm not sure I've ever thought of priority and time as vegetables, as Michael had shared. Yeah. And someone else might be out there. Wow, I had never really thought about it that way. And even though they've heard people talk about time and priorities a lot, that that concept may have been the one that s spoke to them and that they actually heard it, not that just somebody was talking to them about it. So please feel free to share your value because we know that it'll have an impact for someone out there. Just like Bob shared his value of how he likes words of affirmation and Beth heard that and came and, back. And, and added this, I didn't want you to feel left out. <laughs> Very nice of your sister to do that for That's you. That's it. And, and I should say thank you, Ed, Beth, Missy, and Michael for your comments. Absolutely. We appreciate your uh, involvement. Makes it a much more engaging and enlightening uh, discussion. Or it just makes it different. Depends on how you want to look at it. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being with us today. If you happen to be listening to the podcast and you're like, oh, I got to share something, but I don't have anywhere to share it. Or, and I don't have anywhere to share. Maybe they have words of affirmation for me that they want to share. Maybe. You, Here's my you phone have, number. No. <laughs> text Bob with your words of affirmation. Or, because he may not give out his number, you can always go to our Ringer Renegades Facebook group and share them there. Or any other <laughs> thoughts or ideas that you might have along the way. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Correct. There's lots of different ways. We can schedule Zoom meeting. <laughs> Anyhow, please feel free to join us inside our Ring of Renegades Facebook group because while you're sharing your value and Bob is getting his words of affirmation, you might also gain some value from what others have to say in there as well. So we look forward to seeing you inside the Ring of Renegades Facebook group. If not, we'll see you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m.-ish uh, Eastern time for our next episode of today's antidote. Go out and enjoy your day, everyone. Hey, and embrace the renegading you. It is so worth it on this beautiful, beautiful Monday. Yes, indeed. All right. Thanks for being with us today. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to today's antidote powered by the Renegade Success Network. The Renegade Success Network helps you confidently create your own unique pathway to success. To learn more about the Renegade Success Network and how you can take your next step, 
follow us on Twitter, connect on LinkedIn, or join the Ring of Renegades Facebook group. For full details on how you can join our community, go to renegadesuccessnetwork.com. Embrace the renegade in you.